0: in the building. Let's go. I got to get my energy up. It's been tough the last few days. Keith McPherson joining you till 2 a.m. You know, there's plenty of sports to go over. There's plenty of sports to talk. I'll obviously set the table, but I'll tell you where I've been the last two days. Uh, we'll hop around. There's enough news in the NFL, in the NBA, and it's February now, so we can really start talking about baseball officially Baseball is back in less than two weeks. Taking your calls all night. If you didn't get on earlier, call up and talk to me. I'm in here with the lights low. Going to do my best to get through this one. If you were listening two nights ago, I tried my best to champ it out. I couldn't do it. And I'm glad that I uh, stepped out and went home. I mean, I'm still fairly new here at WFAN. And that was a first for me. Shout out to Fleegs for understanding and uh, Pauly for you know, basically telling me to hit fleas and, you know, giving me some advice. So if you last heard, I was on Monday night into Tuesday, but I missed last night. Shout out to Tommy Lugauer filling in with uh, not advanced notice for me on a five-hour opportunity. Uh, he held it down, but, you know, I don't take these opportunities for granted. I, I don't like missing shows. The last time I missed one that wasn't a vacation or or plan was when COVID got me, so... I don't have COVID. I don't have the flu. But uh man, <laughs> when I stepped out early Tuesday morning, if you were listening then, I, I was trying my best to keep it together, but I came down with food poisoning. And, you know, when you get food poisoning, it's something that you know if you've had it before. I had it in 2014 and it was similar, so I knew what it was. But uh it's one of those things where you're like trying to figure out who done it. I mean, most likely you did it to yourself and I did it to myself, but you're trying to figure out where you ate, where you ordered from. And, yeah, man, uh, Monday night it, it started to come over me. I was able to champ it out from, like, 12 to 12.50, and I'm glad I went home because by the time I got home, it it got bad. I went to hell and back. Like, I'm telling you, uh, my, my throat and neck is still sore. I still have a headache. I've been low energy. I haven't ate a, a full meal since Monday. I was just going through it, like, you know, seven hours of commercial-free football. Like, think of the time you sit there and watch Red Zone on Sunday. That was the amount of time I spent back and forth from the couch to the bathroom and uh, not trying to be graphic, so uh, I won't get into the details. But it ain't fun. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. Uh, Food poisoning, if you've ever had it, you you are under it. You can't do anything. You can't sleep. And uh, you are at its mercy until it runs its course. But I'm happy to say that it did run its course. Uh, I just haven't been able to get fully back. Like, I'm upset I'm out of the gym for a couple days. Uh, I feel like I've lost weight. And I was doing good. You know, New Year's resolution, hitting the gym. I'm trying to get up to a solid two hundo. But none of that matters. It's all about health. And it's something that really, you know, shocked me and hit me. I was embarrassed. Leaving early Monday into Tuesday morning, I was embarrassed giving up my show last night, but I'm going to do my best to bring a good show tonight. You know, February 1st is Black History Month, and I don't have any little black history notes for you. My only note for you is that black history is American history. I'm black. I'm a young black man that has dealt with racism every year of his life. I'm a young black man that is making black history of his own, and I'm an American. So when you see black history, don't let it turn you off. If you see black history, don't think it's not for you. Black history needs to be highlighted because black Americans, African Americans, helped build this country. It's all of our history. And I know there are people trying to wash out black history. I know there are people trying to wash out the education behind black history. And that'll never happen because there's enough black Americans like myself that'll keep it in the front of your mind, not just in February, but all year round. Keeping it moving, though. Sports. The conversation is around sports tonight. I mean, if you want to call me up and give me your black history moment, you can. I don't think that many people actually know how to do it, right? Uh, I I see black history stuff every year, and I'm like, I I guess that counts. But uh, I don't know if that's exactly what we're going for, but whatever. Uh, Anything is better than nothing. And uh, so much black history has been erased or not included in our history books or not spoken on that it is important that we highlight anything that we can and You watch sports, that means you're watching black history. There are black men, women, uh, all throughout sports in this country contributing to the entertainment that we watch every single night. Tonight, I mean, today was also Women in Sports Day, National Women in Sports Day. I don't know if we hit that on WFAN today or had anyone speak on that, but, you know, shout out to Susan Waldman. I love Susan. I I love that I've got a chance to meet her and be around her, and she's a trailblazer in her own, right? So uh, sending a uh, happy National Women in Sports Day to Susan Waldman, our very own. Also, shout-out to my guy John Sterling. Spoke with John on the phone a little bit today, and he told me to go ahead and put this information out, that today, January 1st, 1960, was the first time he got on air. WLVS in Wellsville, 63 years ago. That was John Sterling's first time on on air, and he's been working in radio ever since. I'll have him on with me tomorrow as we get closer to baseball season and as we are walking into the Pinstripe Pride event that I'll be hosting, and John will also be there with Susan and a bunch of Yankee greats this upcoming weekend. Excuse me, folks, I'm trying to hold it together reading and thinking and getting my thoughts together after being on the couch for the last couple of days. Uh, what else was Anna say around this date? Oh, Craig Carton's birthday. So, uh, 1960, when John Sterling started on air, that was the same year Craig Carton was born. Happy birthday, Craig. Uh, I know everybody was trolling him. Uh, Dexter Fowler retired today. We We were talking about retirements. Dexter Fowler retired today. And, of course, Tom Brady retired today. I'm not the type of guy that's going to you know, rain on his farewell. It's not even a parade. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to throw stones at him today. Uh, I'm sure it was an emotional day for him. And he got up and recorded a video, very 2023 of him, and posted it and didn't wait. And he's out. He's done. And, you know, I thought he was going to retire about six, seven years ago. I was ready for him to hang it up a while ago. But he had more to do. And what I'll do today about Tom Brady, what I'll do speaking on Uh, who many call the GOAT, and he is, when you look at those Super Bowls and what he did over 23 years, he is, um, what I'll say is, he's an inspiration to anyone, you know, pick 199, a guy who lost his job in college, went into the combine, he did not look like a top draft pick, he did not look like an NFL player, so what? It's not about what you look like, you know, it's about what kind of determination you have, what kind of heart you have, And that's what I always got from Tom Brady. This guy was determined. And he worked. And you know what? You can be more athletic. Arguably, I was more athletic coming out of high school, going in college, playing quarterback. But I was no Tom Brady. I didn't have it upstairs. I didn't have the mental capacity. I didn't have the mental toughness that Tom Brady had. And he battled all those years. And even the way that he went out wasn't great. But he had to go through a lot this year so. I'm giving Tom Brady his roses. I'm not going to take today to uh, spit on Tom Brady or joke about his shortcomings. We all wish we could be half as great as Tom Brady. He's left a legacy that will literally last forever. You only can wish that you leave a legacy behind that lives long after you die. Arian Foster, I'm going to play a a clip from Arian Foster that has made its rounds uh, today. I won't do it yet because I got to try and fit all the stuff in our open, but... (laughs) Aaron Foster has gone out there on record to say that the NFL is scripted. The NFL is not scripted, folks. But everybody in the NFL with a Twitter account decided to weigh in, and if you missed that on Twitter, uh, I got to bring it to the radio for you because it's hilarious. I think (laughs) a lot of people are enjoying the fact that he said the NFL is scripted so that you know where they messed up or where they didn't succeed, now they have an excuse. But there's just no way you can script football. I know, you know, with the refs, everybody wants to point to the NFL and say, oh, it's it's set up, it's rigged. Nah, it's not. These refs just aren't good. They're old, and the NFL is bogus. You've heard me say that a ton. The NFL is not rigged. Sean Payton is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Let's see what type of script they write in Denver with him and Russell Wilson. D'Amico Ryans gets the Texans job. I think he signed a six-year deal. That's great. You've heard me talk about them wanting to sign Josh McCown, to the head coaching job with no head coaching experience. It's Black History Month. We got to mention that they just went from having two black head coaches that did one-year stints in Lovey Smith and David Cully, and many folks were saying, oh, they were just doing that for the uh, Rooney Rule. They were just doing that uh, so that they didn't look bad. Well, they just went and signed one of the best young, up-and-coming black coaches in the NFL. D'Amico Ryan's returns to the team he played for, and I think he's going to do a great job. Now, with Tom Brady retiring, Jets fans got to be thinking about Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to retire now. He was just on Pat McAfee yesterday. I wish I was on to talk about it. You know, he said he's in Nashville playing golf and that the Packers are having conversations without him. Shut up, Aaron Rodgers. They can do whatever they want. If you're not retiring, we'd love to see you in East Rutherford. But now with Tom Brady stepping out and also with the 49ers today kind of laughing at the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo won't be back There's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. The Jets are going to have to go get their guy if they want him. They have to actually go and get him if they want him. Today was an interesting day. I mean, with Tom Brady retiring and all the other things going on, Mike and the Mad Dog got together on first take. I hope you got to see a little bit of that. If you didn't, also hit your Twitter machine, Instagram, search first take. I mean, it was good to see Mike, and it was good to see him, Mad Dog, uh, with Stephen A., but, you know, with, with those three, I mean, they could barely get a word in. <laughs> you know, those guys love to fill it up. They could barely get a word in. But my first thought was, how much did they pay ESPN to get Mike to pop back up on camera, on air with Mad Dog? Like, can we figure out how to get them on WFAN? That'd be cool. I'm here. I'd love to see Mad Dog come in here and uh, do an afternoon or whenever with uh, with Chris Caruso. That, that'd be sick. But who knows? I don't know if that's ever going down. Uh, In the NBA, obviously, if you were just listening, the Brooklyn Nets got absolutely smoked. That didn't make me feel any better. I was done with that game in the first quarter, and I'm done with the Celtics. They beat the Nets 10 times in a row. They own the Nets more than the Nets own the Knicks. It's crazy to watch them step on the floor against that team, and they're just completely overmatched. Like They step on the floor against the Celtics, and it's it's. Not even JV versus varsity. It's varsity versus the freshman team. So they got to figure it out. The trade deadline is eight days away. The Nets have to make a move. They cannot go into this playoffs thinking, oh, Kevin Durant can just will us to victory. Kyrie Irving has been sensational. Those two together are enough. They're not. They're absolutely not. And not much has changed from last year. Talking about the size of the defenders on the Brooklyn Nets. You can't count on Ben Simmons. So you're rolling out there with Kyrie and Seth Curry and Joe Harris and some of these guys like Patty Mills, Cam Thomas that played tonight, you're not beating the Celtics. And this is a season where the Nets are going all in to try and win a championship. If they're serious about winning a championship, they have to make moves. Go get a big. I'd like to see Nas Reed from my hometown area, Asbury Park, put on that Brooklyn Nets jersey. Now speaking of winning a championship, I heard uh, BT today come out and say that the Knicks – are the furthest team away from winning a championship in New York. I don't know if that's necessarily tr- true. A lot can change. And the Knicks have some future picks and have some things that they can do. They didn't jump in to the Donovan Mitchell trade, but not jumping in to get Donovan Mitchell this year, you have to get a top player, a star like that moving forward. Unfortunately, what we've seen out of RJ Barrett, I stayed up to watch that game last night going to overtime just for LeBron and AD to come out with the victory. R.J. Barrett, you elected to stay with him. You elected to pay him. You can't be benching a guy like that. And I know Thibodeau doesn't care about any of that. He's trying to put the best guys on the court to do what he wants to do, but that's a problem. That's an issue, and I'm sure R.J. Barrett can't love that too much. One game, yes, but when you looked at the Garden last night, all the stars were out. There were to- there were talks about how... LeBron and AD, you know, uh didn't want to play in Brooklyn because Brooklyn will always be second fiddle. No. The Garden will always be the world's most famous arena. The stars will always come out to the middle of Manhattan to see the Knicks play the Lakers and to see LeBron literally climb the assist records ladder. He passed Mark Jackson and Steve Nash last night, and he's on the road to breaking the all-time scoring record in the NBA held by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's actually ridiculous. I have watched LeBron's whole career from the time I was in high school and he was graduating high school to now. It's actually nuts to think about what this guy is about to do and what he still can do in the NBA moving forward. We'll talk NBA basketball tonight. We'll talk Knicks We'll talk Nets. I do want to sprinkle in some Yankees talk and some Mets talk. It's February. We have to do that, and we've got some time until we really hammer the Super Bowl conversation. For my Yankees fans, Derek Jeter, you just saw Aaron Judge, the new captain on Jimmy Fallon, the Tonight Show. Well, Derek Jeter is about to be on there in about an hour. Uh, He's leaked some of the clips, or not clips, but some of the pictures. I'm sure the clips will follow. The captain, Derek Jeter, what a guy. This guy has popped out more in the last year than we've seen him in the last eight years. Derek Jeter will be in Studio 6B on Fallon tonight. I'll try and get an eye on that. Before I'm done tonight, it'll be Groundhog's Day, and the Yankees are rolling out a Groundhog's Day shadow sale. Will the Groundhog see his shadow? If he does see his shadow, you'll save 20% off because there's six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't see his shadow, spring comes early, and you can save 40% off of your tickets. Look at the Yankees trying to sell tickets. Always. That's what they're always trying to do. And from groundhogs to raccoons to racks, 50 mil for the flying squirrel, Jeff McNeil. The polar bears got to be up next. We've talked through the Steve Cohen spending that he's got to get extensions done for Jeff McNeil, for the polar bear, uh, for homegrown guys like him and Pete Alonzo. I mean, the Mets are committed to keeping their homegrown players, their homegrown talent as they build a winner. They just weren't looking at Jacob DeGrom like that. That's different. That's different. Buck Showalter had a chat with Jake. And when I tuned in last night, when I had the energy to get up and shower, I listened to Tommy Lugauer speak on Buck Showalter having a little bit of loose lips. And uh, Buck Showalter saying that he just talked to Jake the other day, and that Jake said, someday I'd like to sit down with you and explain what really happened. I really thought I'd be back here. Well, let me stop you right there, Mets fans. None of that matters. You shouldn't be concerned about that story moving on. He's no longer a Met. And anything that you hear now doesn't mean anything. What people say and what they do, what they said and what they did are two different things. And, you know, Yankees fans have had guys in the past like Didi Gregorius or... Robinson Cano, uh, leave and go elsewhere, not get paid. It's not worth it to keep up with that saga, right? This is a town where we love to use the term rent-free. Fans love to say, oh, you li- we're rent-free. We live rent-free. Well, nobody lives rent-free around here. It's pricey. Don't let Jacob deGrom move into a big spot in your head this upcoming season. There's a drop on Carton and Roberts where Evans says he's gone. There's nothing we can do about it. So turn the page. You do not want to be spending your time watching his career for the next five, maybe six years in Texas. Move on. You've got plenty of pitching. You've got plenty of talent. Whatever he does over there, good for Jake. It's unfortunate that he didn't finish his career in Queens, but you've got bigger fish to fry. If you win a championship without him, you won't care. Other than that, man, I've got a bunch of things to fill the time, and I will... Drop them as we go. Today is also National Signing Day for college football. You've heard me talk about Jalen Rashada, the kid that was committed to Miami and then switched and went to Florida because they had $13 million in uh, NIL deals ready for this kid. Well, he signed with Arizona State today. Kind of crazy his journey and where we even are in uh, the sports world that these kids are making millions Just to sign their name on the dotted line, a a letter of intent, National Signing Day. And, of course, we're going to talk Super Bowl, and little things are starting to come out around the Super Bowl. Uh, White jerseys, does anybody care about superstition? Teams wearing white jerseys have won 14 of the last 17 Super Bowls. I like that because I'm rooting for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will wear white in Arizona. The NFL is king. 50.7 50.7 million views was the average viewers for championship weekend last weekend. And those games, those games weren't great. Like those weren't the greatest games we've seen. They were all right. The first one was over in the first quarter. And the second one shouldn't have ended with all the whistles. And you know how that went. 218 million people watched the playoffs overall. That's nearly 70% of the U.S. population when we're looking at TV households. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's nuts. When people tell me that they don't watch NFL, I don't understand that. It's so American. It's (laughs) everything we do. And the Super Bowl is a holiday, and that's coming up. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll sprinkle in some conversation topics. We're talking sports. We got hella sports to talk. Call me up. 877-337-6666. KM till 2 a.m. I will be right back. I mean, I'm in here with the lights low, mellow vibes. I really can't, uh, (laughs) I can't put too much energy into this, but I'm giving you the most energy that I have. But it's nighttime, the lights are low, I'm seated, I usually stand, have the lights going. Man, if you can hear it in my voice, like my my neck hurts. (laughs) But I'm not going to complain about it, I love doing this job. I'm thankful to have this job. I've had other jobs that wouldn't have cared if I was up all night yakking and running back and forth from the bathroom. Um, You know, WFAN, as soon as I let Fleegs know who was my producer, he said, go home. It wasn't even a thing of like, yo, try and finish the show. That was me trying to finish the show Monday into Tuesday. He was like, get out of here. And I'm glad he said that because by the time I actually got home, And like, you know, looked at the clock. I'm like, man, I would have still been on air and I would have been doing this in the station and that wouldn't have been good. Um, But, yeah, I've had a a crazy headache for the last couple of days. Haven't had a solid meal. Been eating uh, Campbell's Chunky Soup out of the can and drinking Pedialyte and Gatorade, bro. It's one of those things like I don't knock on wood. I don't get sick, really. But uh, I made a mistake. I I think it was Saturday night. The Knicks played the Nets, and it was like a 5.30 game. So I ordered uh, some meatballs, some penne vodka, some broccoli rabe. Uh, My wife got some spaghetti, something like that. And, um, you know, we're chilling and hanging out. And, of course, you get takeout. And, I mean, this is where I think I got it from because, I don't know, I've been thinking through my head the last, like, three, four days, and it sucks when you research, like, food poisoning. They tell you it could have happened however long. But this is how I think I got it. I think I left – the broccoli Rob out from like five 30 when the game started, I ate some of it then, then I left it out till like 10 o'clock. Like I just threw it in the microwave, like an idiot. I remember in school learning about like the danger zone and like how like bacteria can grow on foods and like temperatures and stuff. I'm saying this for a warning for any of the young boys out there that might not be like in the kitchen like that, or might be ordering out like, don't be like me and make that mistake. I've made it m- multiple times now, but, uh, I ended up eating it at 10 o'clock, going to sleep, and then the next day I still had some more left. So I guess the bacteria grew on it. I left it in the uh, refrigerator to get cold, and then I had some again Sunday night, and it didn't all really hit me until I had a full meal Monday. And, yeah, I didn't hold any of that meal down. I was going through it. Like On top of that, my cat doesn't understand what's going on. She's climbing on my head. Uh, My sister-in-law was spending the night and I'm in the guest bathroom not trying to wake my wife up, and I'm, like, trying to be quiet and clean, and there's no way I end up having to take a shower at, like, 5.30 in the morning, and my sister-in-law wakes up. She's got to go to work. I'm just, I'm in hell. I was going through hell for about seven, eight hours from, like, 1 a.m. to, like, 8 a.m. yesterday morning, but I'm all right now. I'm I'm good now as far as, like, I can talk. I, I, like, I got enough energy to get through the show. And like I said, man, I've, I've had much worse jobs and gigs I wouldn't have understood. Uh, I love coming here and, and connecting with you guys and talking sports. And I, I missed it last night. And I don't take this for granted. I said it was a five-hour opportunity, and it is. It's a five-hour hour opportunity to connect with the city of New York, the greatest fans in the world, and show y'all what I can do and talk through all of it. So let's do that tonight. And to make up for it, I've got back-to-back five-hour shows tomorrow and Friday to close the week, 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's play this Aaron Foster clip, all right? So if you're not familiar with Aaron Foster, I don't know. He was one of the best running backs in the NFL while he was hot. Uh, Texans running back out of – University of Tennessee, I think he played with some other teams, but it doesn't matter. Now he's in the content game. Everybody's in the to- the content game. If you're a former athlete, uh, why not get on a podcast? And He jumped on a podcast with the Barstool guys. Easy way for anything that you say to be uh, highlighted, to be lit up. Barstool, right? Michael Parsons says something about, yo, Lane Johnson, go win the Super Bowl for the, the division. Excuse me, say what? Barstool runs with that. It's viral. Everybody sees it. So let's play Arian Foster, former NFL All-Pro running back, speaking about the NFL and the NFL script.
1: It's funny. Before we start taping, Uh, Aaron was telling me about how the NFL is rigged and how every year he used to get a script Yeah, day one of training camp that would Mm -hmm. get dropped off at his locker. Mm
0: -hmm. And you would have to, you know, it was like week one, you'll do this. Week two, you're going to have a hamstring injury. Week three, this is going to happen. Week four, you're going to get three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And so then you just have to, did you memorize those? Before the season started, would you go and rehearse the script before every game? we were really dedicated to it. So it was more so like um, that's what practice was about. It was about practicing the script. Like this is what goes on and this is what we have to do Mm -hmm. in order to. And this referee is going to miss this call. Because yeah, because they hate you yeah. and they love the Colts, yeah, that sort like, of thing.
1: Uh, WWF, so it's like, you yeah, know, we know what's going to happen, but you um, still got to put on a show. Yeah. What did I mean. you think when you got the script in 2016 that said <laughs> your career was going to fall off a cliff when you stopped believing in God? That was 2015. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so- yeah. <laughs> I love that they hit him with the dose of reality that he needed and he corrected them on the year. But then everybody came out online that suffered a career ending injury. Uh, even if it wasn't career ending, like Elijah Vera Tucker, he he put out there reading the script from week seven. Ryan Leaf had a smile on his face talking about it. Uh, People were trolling, and they were using, like, T. Higgins when T. Higgins read the script, and I I just thought that was funny today. Everybody ran with it in the uh, NFL for everything that went bad, like Henry Ruggs and Aaron Hernandez. Um, And then it's also, you know, the day Tom Brady retires, So people were having fun with the script that Arian Roster spoke of and Tom Brady. There is no script. There is no script. Like, football is too hard of a game to actually script. Yeah, it seems rigged, but it's it's not rigged. It's literally, like I said in my open, these refs need to be better. They need to hire younger refs, and they also need to hire full-time refs. This is the NFL. They can pay these refs to be full-time, and there's crews, but from what I understand, and what I know, these guys have other jobs. Some of these guys are, are professional lawyers, doctors. Like they, they have good jobs outside of um, being a referee and they do get paid well. But it kind of makes you think like, if they're not full time employees of the NFL, do they have the NFL's best interest? Do they have their own interest? Are they betting? What? Like, because some of these things, like we saw in the Chiefs game, that third and nine. It was nuts. It was like another uh, another chance. They're getting a third chance to run the play? It seems like it's scripted. It seems like it's bogus. But it's, it's just these guys not being able to do their job well enough. These guys not being able to see the play well enough. These guys not being able to run and follow the ball fast enough. They just need better refs, better umps. What they need to do in the NFL, right? When these guys retire, they need to present them with the opportunity to become an official. Hey, you might not be able to play the game anymore, but maybe... You can get on the sideline. Maybe you can be a, a ref. I recently saw Smush Parker. You guys know Smush Parker? Smush Parker from the L.A. Lakers. He played with, with, with Kobe. William Henry Parker, a.k.a. Smush Parker. He is in the process of becoming an NBA ref. And he played the game. And I'd like to see more guys that actually played the game ref the game, call the game. Um, even in, in baseball, but definitely in the NBA, like, We're going to see that clip of LeBron crying like he was crying the other night when uh, Jason Tatum fouled him clearly, and he didn't get the foul call, and they lost that game. I mean, LeBron even doubled down on it last night after the game, and he said to the media when they beat the Knicks in overtime, the players decided this game tonight. The refs decided the other one. Oh, LeBron, stop it, bro. You're the GOAT. We're giving you your flowers. You're going to break the all-time scoring record, but enough already. They missed the call. And you're not the first one to uh, get a call miss. You've actually benefited from a lot of missed calls. But anyway, in the NBA tonight, I don't really want to speak too much on it. But I have to. All right. You know, the Knicks didn't play tonight. But the Brooklyn Nets did. And without KD and without Ben Simmons and without TJ Warren, whatever. That is an embarrassment. And in Boston, they're standing tall on that. They're chanting Kyrie sucks at the end of the game and the beginning of the game. They're outside stomping on Kyrie jerseys. 139 to 96. They were down 30 in the first quarter. And going into that game, all I was looking for was the compete level. I'm not expecting them to beat the Celtics without KD. They got swept with KD in the playoffs. I was just looking for the compete level. I was trying to see what they were like who was gonna compete, what they were gonna do. It was funny. You know, it's a nationally televised game on ESPN. DraftKings has the promo. And they put together a same-game parlay. And the same-game parlay was uh, Celtics' money line and Jason Tatum, three made threes. The third leg, I think, was Nick Nick Claxton to have one block and uh, Kyrie Irving to have over 27 points. Well, the Celtics' two legs of the four-leg parlay cleared. The Celtics did win, and... Tatum had seven made threes, but Kyrie was held to 20, and Nick Claxton didn't get a block. The complete the compete level wasn't there from the jump. They know that they're outmatched. They know that they can't beat Boston, definitely not in Boston. And Boston has faltered this season to some lesser opponents, but they're absolutely rolling now. They're the best team record-wise in the NBA, the defending Eastern Conference champs. And uh, if the Nets think they're doing anything this year, They need some more size. They need to make a move. And if you want to, I will indulge you in the Ben Simmons conversation because I'm officially out. I'm done. I didn't want Ben Simmons here. I wanted them to force James Harden to play out the year and then see what happened in the offseason. Even the fact that they got back Andre Drummond, he's not around. Seth Curry, a decent player, but, like, you know, Seth Curry doesn't fix the problem you had in beating the Celtics. He's not a big guard. And the the pick, they, they move one pick already for Royce O'Neal, which helps, but that's not going to uh, get them where they need to go this year. And after the summer with KD requesting a trade and Kyrie opting into his contract after not getting the extension, I don't know exactly what to expect. And looking at the East, the Milwaukee Bucks have Chris Middleton back. They've won five in a row. The Sixers are rolling. I think they had won eight in a row before taking a loss. Those three teams, those are the top three th- three teams in the East. The Nets belong in that conversation. They will be when KD comes back. But in my opinion, it's those three, and you're not beating those three unless you have some help from your big men. Uh, Nets fans, call me up, 877-337-6666. I know... We're split on Ben Simmons, and it sucks that we even have to have this conversation about Ben Simmons. It sucks that Sean Marks and the Nets were the only team dumb enough to take on a Ben Simmons. But now you have Nets fans going against other Nets fans saying, give him some time. I don't know how much more time you need to give the guy. He was with the team last year. He didn't play in the playoffs. He had all summer. Here we are now in 2023. It's February. He's ducking smoke. He got hit in the eyelash, and he's missed the last two games with knee soreness. The math ain't math, and something's not adding up. I feel like the guy's quitting on the team, and I don't have time to see if he gets back to the form that he once was. I don't think he ever regains that form. We'll talk about a bunch of other things. We got to break it down. Getting close to the 11 o'clock hour. Keith McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Inside the 11 o'clock hour, a little Drake to bring us back in from the break. Keith McPherson on the fan taking you through the sports news and conversations. Thanks for joining me. 877-337-6666. Call the fan, get on the show, taking your calls now. And the last thing I had to add to set the table for sports talk and topics. Welcoming in Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart to the New York Liberty. Now, I'm not a WNBA fan. I don't watch the Liberty, and I have to be honest with you. I think that's not right. Like, that's not wrong of me. I'm not bragging about it. I'm not proud of it. I just haven't ever been introduced. Uh, It hasn't really piqued my interest. I've never watched women's basketball. And, I mean, I think they're trying to draw more interest, and they're calling this the new big three in Brooklyn. And you see guys like KD speaking out, and I think KD helped recruit Brianna Stewart to New York uh, to play alongside Sabrina Ionescu and Jonquil Jones. Like I you know, I really don't even know how to pronounce their star players' names. That's not good of me being a sports fan, being a radio host. I'm not proud of it, but I'll just be honest with you. I've never watched women's basketball. It's not my thing. Um, I think that can change. I think that them building a super team in New York can help draw some more interest. I hear that... Jones and uh Stewart are MVPs and now those two joining Sabrina and the rest of the talent on the Liberty they play in Barclays it should be a good season. I mean, I last heard Kyrie Irving talking about trying to get these women money so that they can pro- fly private. That's kind of crazy. Like I remember being in college flying private out of Dulles Airport in Virginia with my football team as a, you know, Redshirt freshman quarterback, like, I was blown away. You know, they they didn't need me, but I got to fly for free on a private flight. And, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy at the WNBA, between their owners and the money that they generate, they they can't even do that. And now we've got this big three in New York. Folks are saying that the, <laughs> the Knicks are the worst basketball team in New York out of the three. But welcome Brianna Stewart to the New York Liberty if anybody wants to call and educate me and tell me more about Brianna Stewart and her fit on the Liberty and what I should look for. The thing about the, the Liberty, I mean, they play in Barclays Center, and I did have some opportunities. I, I won't say I wasn't, you know, invited. I've, I've been invited to go to those games, and and if you want to get good seats, if you want to be courtside, they're trying to have people come through, and I did get invited last year. But what also stopped me from watching the Liberty as far as like them being my WNBA team, they play at almost the exact same time as the New York Yankees. And I don't miss many New York Yankees games. I really don't miss any. So the chances of me going to a Liberty game while the Yankees are on, if the Yankees are in the Bronx, I'm almost at every home stand. And if the Yankees are on TV, they could be playing in in London. I'm 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 at home watching that game. I'm not going to go to any other game uh, over watching the New York Yankees. Now, Yankees fans, uh, I know we're getting really close to spring training and pitchers and catchers reporting. I mean, with this World Baseball Classic, pitchers and catchers report February 13th. The reporting dates um, for the rest of the pitchers and catchers are the 15th and 17th position players for the world baseball classic players participating in the WBC will be the 16th and then non um, participating players is February 20th and 21st. We're close. And I know you still have a lot of the same concerns you had in this offseason. season. Again, I tell you fret not moves can still be made. Let it play out. Same way. I just told Mets fans, don't worry about Jake. Let the future play out. Don't uh, waste too much time talking about Aaron Hicks or Josh Donaldson. Let it all play out. Don't waste too much time talking about uh, you know Kodai Sanga or Quintana or Verlander or Scherzer. Just let it play out, and we'll see. And we'll see about our ace, Garrett Cole. Now, it was brought to my attention on Twitter, and I honestly didn't see this today. And shout out to MLB Network. I love the MLB Network. I work for MLB Network but I don't care about their list. I understand what they're doing with these lists. They're doing exactly what you guys do on Twitter, right? They're they're throwing something into the conversation for you to argue about. So I put my little tweet out, like, back from the dead. I'm alive. Went to hell and back. And who is it? Joe. Shout out to Joe. Uh, Joe Hanley on Twitter. He said, how come Cole is not on the list? So I'm like, list? What list? And then I go and I find this list. And I'm like, oh, okay. They put out a list of the uh, top ten pitchers in baseball. And I'll read it to you after I go to this call. Young Josh is in Passaic. What's up, Josh? You're on the fan. Thanks for calling, bro. Hey, Thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I've been better, but I'm glad to be here. I'm I'm doing well enough to ho- hold it down and host the show tonight. And the second time, right? They,
2: they come back, they win two games. Then they go lose. They lost their sixes. And, like, tonight wasn't even, like, a game. It's like a practice gone wrong.
0: I mean, it, it, it just pisses me off because it's the Celtics. That's 10 in a row. I also went viral in the in the um, we, Want, we Want Boston video. And so um, people use that against me on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I was on ESPN with that. It is what it is. I don't play. The thing is, they are overmatched. The Celtics have the the Nets number. They can't do anything with them, and it's been a long time now, and it sucks because that's the team that the Nets made trades with, and and the NBA world said the Nets would be doomed forever. And now that the Nets actually have some superstars and they're not doomed and they're competitive, again, it's the Celtics standing in their way. And, yeah, you get some goodwill from the Nets, you know, going out there and beating the Knicks, but of course they're going to beat the Knicks. They beat the Knicks all the time. You get some goodwill them beating the Lakers, of course they're going to beat the Lakers. LeBron and AD played against the Knicks because they wanted to play in a game that they could win. But when it comes to the Celtics, they have owned the Nets. And uh, that's the team that I, I certainly hate the most. And I don't know exactly what to say about it. You can't just say, oh, we didn't have KD because KD got swept out of the first round. And now I'm looking at Sean Marks, who was in the building tonight, like, yo, it's on you. You just watched that with your own eyes. You got embarrassed. What are you going to do? The trade de- deadline is a, a week from tomorrow.
2: It's been a while since that playoffs. series. feels like a while since playoff series versus Celtics, and we won them five games. Yeah. And that's what like we had there, now, and look what's happened since.
0: Gentlemen sweep in 2021. I mean, they were putting Evan Fournier out on the court. They were putting Kemba Walker out on the court. They've gotten a lot better. Uh, their guys have grown, and they've added some pieces and it doesn't even matter that they're coached by Joe Mizzoula. They don't even have Ime Udoka. It makes you kind of wonder how good of a coach was Ime Udoka, who the Nets were about to hire. Thank God they didn't. They went with Jacques Vaughn.
2: Yeah, I mean, the defense, though, wasn't too good tonight. But the Celtics, they, in the ring of the year, their offense was on fire. They're, like, on face three. Probably one of the best offenses in NBA history. They kind of slowed down with any night, and now they could just turn it on. They showed us tonight, I mean, that barrage of threes in the first quarter. they can't really... Get back from
0: that, I was just looking for compete level tonight, bro. I was looking for com- compete level, like the Nets showed us compete level against the Sixers. Like you mentioned, the Sixers game without KD, they go into a hostile environment in Philly and they compete from start to finish. Almost steal that game from the, the start, the opening tip from the start of this game. I was like, Come on, like they're not ready to play against these guys. They got absolutely dominated and embarrassed on national TV at the end of the game. I'm listening to the game. I'm listening to Capper and Carino. I hear Yuta. His back is flaring up. He's hurt. He is pushing himself to play in this game. And he's had a back issue while Ben Simmons just chills and, and and you know, collects his max contract. Kyrie Irving, it's been four years. These These Celtics fans still hate Kyrie Irving. They're chanting Kyrie sucks at the end of the game, and they're smoking the nets. And that puts a battery in the back of their goofy fans. And uh, we just got to deal with it. The Nets aren't serious until they make some moves at this deadline, until they shore this team up. It's deja vu. The whole reason that KD requested a trade was because he felt like they weren't doing enough around him. And without KD, they don't stand a chance. And even last year with KD, they got swept out of the first round. So if you're a Nets fan like we are, and we're expecting to have a run at the title, like you can't be serious about that with this roster. Like a team of
2: villains, right? Kyrie and Boston – in I would wonder what would happen if KD went to go and say, I think he got
0: cheered or booed. It sucks. He missed that opportunity, and they won that game. That was two Sundays ago. Um, I think he gets cheered. I mean, I think the narrative has shifted some on, on KD. There's less people that, that call him a cupcake. There's less people that call him a snake now because it's just been time. Like, And I think people have started to respect his game and understood that, like, All right, yeah, that team was really good, but KD is really good. So, like, KD is leading the Nets. You see what the Nets are without him. Kyrie can rise his game, you know, rise to the occasion and um, raise his game. But, like, when you're playing against the best team in the NBA, best record in the NBA, there's there's nothing they can do. They can't match up with those guys.
2: And last thing, when do you think this nonsense with, like, Warren's menacing mind? I know he's injured now, but, like, there's a while into the season. He was playing, like, one game. He played 20 minutes, one game. He played 10 minutes. What's, like, the mindset there?
0: Something is up with him, bro. Um, he didn't travel. He didn't play in this game, I believe. And I think he might just, you know, it might be a flare-up. This is a guy that missed two years. It might just be a flare-up in his injury. And... uh He's not looking the same. But, yeah, when he first came in, he was a bucket. The Nets were playing him, and we were like, yeah, here we go. Here's another scorer, another big. They need him. And so what they might be doing right now is, okay, if you have a you know a flare-up with the foot and you're feeling it, you're sore, rest him right now. We're going to need him in the playoffs. But I don't want to hear that argument for Ben Simmons. I don't want to hear the Nets fans talking about, oh, well, he can guard Giannis. He can guard Embiid. Like, yeah, but what's he going to do on the offensive side uh when it's four on five? What's he going to do? Uh, defensively, when he's committing four or five thousand, he's out of the game and you can't play him in the fourth quarter. Like I'm I'm done with Ben Simmons.
2: like Keith, have a good night.
0: Thanks for the call, young Josh. Young Nets fans, listen to me and listen to me. Good. A lot can change fast. You do have the best player in the NBA. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is that guy. They just need to go ahead and get some reinforcements. And I don't care who you have to give up at this point. You got to give up Cam Thomas, right? We're seeing more of him. Um, if you got to give up Seth Curry, Joe Harris, whatever, you know, we'll be able to replace the point production in the shooting with Kevin and and and, and Kyrie, uh, but they got to figure out, you know, who's going to be this other big that can play alongside Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton deserves a lot of respect. He's in the defensive player of the year conversation, But fret not, folks. Like, it's a long way to go. There's about 30 games left in this season. It's on Sean Marks. Sean Marks, in my opinion, his job is on the line. KD called for his job. He called for Steve Nash's job. They got Nash up out of here when Nash started off the season 2-6 and or whatever that was. It was like, it's so obvious watching Jacques Vaughn coach. That's an actual basketball coach, not just a basketball coach. That's an NBA-level head coach. Steve Nash never got to that level, never even got close. He was hired because of a name and a relationship, and that's that's Sean Mark's relationship, and that's a name that we all respected. So we gave him the like benefit of the doubt. Hey, let's see how he does. They need an actual, they needed an actual coach. They got that. Now they need the actual bodies that can match up and contend with these bigs and and the beasts of the East: the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers. Like the Nets aren't going to be able to do that with just Katie and Kyrie, uh, and I would like to see them make a run this year, right? I think they get out of the first round this year, but you got to get further than the second round, or this whole thing has been a waste. All right, now let me see if I can find this list for the Yankees fans to call in and weigh in. Oh, here it is. The fan list, and I got to do some more research on how MLB Network comes up with these lists. Shout out to MLB Network. I definitely don't want to say anything to slight any of my homies over there that might be listening. But, like, I understand you put a list out and it's just 10 people. You put the list out and you want people to debate it. You you want people to, you know, have conversations. Shout out to my guy Xavier Scruggs. He put out his top 10 players in MLB right now on uh, BR Walk-Off. And I retweeted it because I was like, oh, this is good. Just, just for the conversation, it gets us talking about baseball in the beginning of this month. So top 10 right now is a show that they do on MLB Network. And MLB Network put out... <laughs> Here's MLB Now's, so this is uh, Brian Kenny's show. Here's MLB Now's top 10 right now. What do you think? And uh, the top 10 right now starting pitchers that I'm seeing on MLB Network is different from um, the fan list. I'll read you the top 10 right now and the fan list. On the top 10 right now that I guess they showed on MLB Network, number one is Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Number two is Justin Verlander, who is now a New York Met. Carlos Rodan, who is now a New York Yankee. Uh, Max Scherzer, Sandy Alcantara. uh, I think his name is not pronounced that way. It's always tricky. I think it's Sandy Alcantara. Um, Shohei Otani. It's funny Shohei is six there, but I can't really argue that. Number seven is Max Freed. Number eight is Zach Wheeler. Number nine is Jacob deGrom. Number 10 is Julio Rios. uh U- Urias. Urias, Urias, Urias. Julio Urias from the Dodgers. You know he is. Um, now here's the fan list. The fans have Sandy Alcantara at one, Jacob deGrom at two, Justin Verlander at three, Framber Valdez at four, Max Freed at five, Shohei Otani at six, Corbin Burns at seven, Alec Manoa at eight, Kevin Gossman at 10, and Spencer or at nine, Spencer Strider at 10. Um, now let me see some here. Where did the fan list come from? The fan list is for people to vote. So that is how they came up with that. But I don't know how, I mean, Corbin Burns, I guess, as a as a Cy Young winner. I actually saw Corbin Burns pitch a, a couple no-hit innings live at Miller Park. Go to Miller Park if you ever get the chance. But, like, Corbin Burns can't be at the top. I guess if we're not including, like, Mets fans know that Corbin Burns can't be at the top. Like, what? Are, I don't know exactly what we're including. I know it's such a numbers game, and they're probably going off of ERA and strikeouts. And, but if it's strikeouts, then, then the Yankees fans online, their gripe is... Garrett Cole, if it's strikeouts, Garrett Cole should be in this list, in the fan list or in the the show, the host list. But I understand Garrett Cole not being in there when you think about the 30-plus home runs Garrett Cole gave up. I don't know. I'm going to look more into this. The fan vote for that. So, yeah, they have two lists. They have the like host vote and then they have the fan list. So I just read you the host vote and the fan list. And I got to see who's missing or who I disagree with. Spencer Strider is new but I'll give it to him. I guess he should be in there. Um, who else do I kind of disagree with? I don't know. Alec Manoa, I just, I don't know. He's 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 a dog, but I don't like him because, you know, just how he, he, he talks too much about the Yankees, and we did get the best of him. Let me think about this. We're going to break, and I see some people calling. We got some calls on the line, 877-337-6666. I'm going to break and think about this list. More sports talk when we come back. Keith McPherson on the fan. Right back after this. Duke, <Years> do the loop, Duke, do All right. I'm I'm KM till 2 a.m. I'm good, holding it down. Well, season, the mic up, and the food. Let's get back into the conversation. Do, I think we cause... were talking about the uh, pitchers, the best pitchers in baseball, the MLB now. Top 10, and then the fan list, and uh, that got me thinking about the Yankees pitching and something else I had in my notes. It's not something that really is a big topic, especially because this guy's out of here, but Chad Green. Chad Green, T- Chad Green. if you don't know who Chad Green is, uh, he's a former Yankee, Has only been a Yankee, he was a Yankee reliever that, uh, I don't know, depending on who you ask, he had some good moments, he had some bad moments. I actually met Chad Green in Chick-fil-A on 46, and when I was in there, nobody knew he was Chad Green. Uh, I saw his mom, dad, his girlfriend, and his sister. I met them all, shook their hands, and I asked if I could take a picture with Chad. I was taking a break from my corporate job at MTV down the street, and uh, it was a new Chick-fil-A that had opened, and I figured why not walk over there to try it out. And, of course, I run into Chad Green there, and he was a nice, quiet, humble guy. And uh, nobody cared that I remember even saying after after I was done. I was like, nobody else wants a picture with Chad Green. And everybody's looking at me like, we don't know if that's Chad Green, blue, black, white. We don't care. Can you move? I'm waiting on my uh, waffle fries and my lemonade. But yeah, Chad is out of here. He'll return to baseball as a Toronto Blue Jay. Boo. He signed with Toronto. They've got him and Donnie Baseball up there. They're trying to figure out everything that the Yankees do. They're trying to find out the formula. What do the Yankees do so that we don't lose 11 out of 19 games to those guys again? Well, good news for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, You won't lose 11 out of 19 games because we won't see you 19 times with this new schedule. And That's another thing i got to let play out. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I think it's going to be good to see the Yankees play all the teams, to see every team play other team. Like there's going to be some storylines and other things, uh, you know, some historic things uh, playing in ballparks that they don't usually play in. But I got to let that play out. Uh, We're also used to the divisions and facing your division a certain amount of times and how important that math is to winning your division. And, you know, now the postseason is different and, Yeah, they have the over and under totals out for wins. I saw uh, Chris Russo on uh, his show High Heat today talking about, you know, 95 wins, 95 and a half, like, who he has on the over. And I'm like, I don't know how to bet that right now with this new schedule. Like, somebody's going to lose, you know, more games than we expected. Somebody's going to win more games than we expected. And it's not someone that we can actually, like, pinpoint right now. We'll see how the schedule goes, how injuries go, and, No, that's down the line. Also, what's down the line is Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. More so Daniel Jones' conversation around his contract. It's nice to see Daniel Jones get the proper greeting. Uh, We've talked about on the fan how he came to Yankee Stadium when he was first drafted. Like they always do. They bring uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, Saquon Barkley through and they get warm receptions. But unfortunately, Daniel Jones was booed in Yankee Stadium. You can never get that one back. He was at Madison Square Garden last night. Everybody was happy to see him in there. He signed a ball and threw it into the crowd. I was like, "There you go. There's New York's quarterback. We don't we don't know who the quarterback's going to be on the other side of New York, but I think they're going to get a deal done with Daniel Jones, and I think it is going to be a somewhat team-friendly deal because Daniel Jones isn't stupid. He wants them to be able to put talent around him. He sees what other teams are doing, specifically the Eagles, and I hope Saquon Barkley's uh, you know on that same type of tip. I hope he's on on that same type of vibe, like. Listen, bro, you, you you don't need Christian McCaffrey money. You don't need Ezekiel Elliott money. You don't need Alvin Kamara money. Those guys got paid, and, like, how much did you see Alvin Kamara? Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel Elliott is cooked. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is cooked, but Jerry Jones is backing him. Jerry Jones came out there today and said, I didn't see a drop-off in Ezekiel Elliott this year. Excuse me, say what? What were you watching? Did you not watch the last game where Tony Pollard got hurt? And then you had nothing but Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield because you couldn't go to Malik Davis, the rookie? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I understand that you're going to die hard on those contracts. I hate that I've drawn so many parallels between the Yankees and the Dallas Cowboys as my favorite football team and baseball team, but they're becoming eerily similar. The drought, the Cowboys have twice as many years as the Yankees have without getting to the championship and winning one. But they also are two of the richest teams that love to play broke and they die hard on their trades and they die hard on their contracts. Ezekiel Elliott got that contract from Jerry Jones by going to Cabo and holding out a year before he was due new money. And so now Jerry Jones is going to die hard on that contract. I didn't see you drop off. Come on, bro. What stats are you looking at? If you didn't see it in the game, I know the game can, uh, can, uh, you know, hide some things when you got Tony Pollard and CD lamb and Dalton Schultz, but, that's nonsense. Dave is in Belleville on the fan. What's up, Dave?
3: Hey Keith, how's it going?
0: Better. Uh, Today's certainly better. Before
3: I get into the Cowboys, because it's going to be the last time I talk about it for a long time, uh, I was listening to the fan over the weekend. Uh, what's the girl's name? The, the host that she calls herself the coach.
0: Danielle McCartin.
3: Yes, Danielle. So she's doing the show, and I, I wonder if any listeners that are listening now were listening over the weekend. A guy calls up. And he goes, how you doing, Keith? Great show. And she's like, excuse me? She gave him another chance. And he goes, how you doing, Keith? Great show tonight. She goes, sorry. And she hung up on him. She goes, look, if you can't get my name, I don't want to talk to you. Well, yeah, I'm
0: I'm never on on the weekend. I don't know how you make that mistake.
3: You don't don't sound like either, so it was pretty odd. Okay, uh, that with the Cowboys. Now, you know that uh, that our our boy, a quarterback cost us that game, hands Absolutely. down. No
0: doubt about it. Right. Dak now, Prescott, how, how do
3: these NFL contracts work? Are they they're not guaranteed? Are they?
0: There's guaranteed money in them, and for the most part, it's um it would it would it would do yourself a disservice by like potentially re- releasing a Dak Prescott with that contract, like you're saying, because then you owe him money and you're not getting anything for that money.
3: I'll tell you, Rodgers is the perfect fit for us right now. Right now to win. We just need a quarterback that's
0: not going to lose the game for us. Bro, that's why I don't understand these Jets fans even thinking that there's another option. It should be Aaron Rodgers number one, number one, until you can't get Aaron Rodgers. Like, we're stuck with Dak because, again, the Cowboys will die hard on their contract. They defaulted into that. And Giants fans listening, you don't want to franchise Daniel Jones. They franchise-tagged Dak two years, and then they had to pay him because they had no choice. They signed him to a four-year $160 million deal. This is a forty million dollar quarterback who led the league in interceptions, and he missed five games. <laughs> and he should have thrown twenty more. Good grief! He, he, had, he had two interceptions in the biggest game of the year, and he did that six times this year. Yeah, it's
3: it's hit or miss with them, and you know uh, you can't have you just uh, Rodgers or Brady quarterbacks that that don't. Uh, There's not that many
0: of teams. them. And in this league, everybody's looking for them. There's not that no. many of them.
3: And it's year-to-year year, football. You don't pay out these contracts, especially running backs. That's a waste of money. Anyone that's yeah. a two-year contract on a running back.
0: Yeah, Jerry Jones got all this money. He sure don't really know how to use it right. You know, and they, he loves
3: his coach, too. I don't know what's going on <laughs> with him.
0: They talked about <laughs> Brandon Carr being the last big free agent signing of the Dallas Cowboys, and I just shook my head. Like, I don't know what they think they're doing over there. But there, there, there's a reason why 27 years have passed since you've gotten back to an NFC championship, but you got pro bowlers every year. You've got Hall of Famers. You've got some of the top names in football every year, but you can't put it all together. Keith,
3: I never asked you this. Uh, the catch with uh, Des Bryant against uh, the Packers. Uh, yeah, it was in Man Green Grand Bay. Bay right? oh, Green Bay, that's right. I mean, if anything was a catch, and I still tell my friends, I go, it wasn't a catch, it wasn't a catch. I like cuz he was actually reaching into the end zone and it crossed right across the the
0: uh yeah but you know, that know, was the, the so fresh off the um really that was a Calvin Johnson Megatron rule and it was so fresh off of the NFL changing what was a catch and as far as completing the catch like Dez caught it up top that's a yep. catch in the air. And then
3: turned and went for the end zone. I, I remember it like it was yesterday.
0: Yeah, and it's but not like the type of thing with the, the— game
3: before that against uh, the Lions when the, the, the exactly. linebacker had his back
0: to the corner. NFL uh, bogus. The, the... I remember it. I remember it well. It's part of my pain. It's part of the trauma and PTSD I have being a <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan. It's whack. And
3: Maher's uh, extra point was wouldn't have been good anyway. It was going sideways. Yeah, Jerry Jones says
0: they're starting over at the kicker position. Oh, okay, Jerry. Yeah, good luck.
3: He's not not locked into him, huh?
0: The guy was great all year. He had one bad game where he had the yips against the worst team in the playoffs. Didn't cost you. Didn't
3: really matter, the one that they blew him out, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know. They don't know what they're doing. But you know what? Up here, the Giants fans yelled at the Maras and said, We need football guys, not family, not who you like. The Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones dynamic for me, I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I mean, and I hate to lump Stephen Jones in because he's better than his dad, but uh, I think the Cowboys are cursed until they figure out. You got to bring somebody in like a Joe Shane. You got to bring somebody in like, like that's gonna come in and and do business and not. You know, do stupid things like run your mouth about, oh, Ezekiel Elliott didn't have a drop-off. So it's like, oh, so you're not going to restructure his contract. You're going to pay Ezekiel Elliott $15 million a year. Guy sucks. He's cooked. He's slow. Getting to people's faces.
3: You know, they've never had a coach like that.
0: No, Jerry Jones has a radio show. Jerry Jones is on 105.3 The Fan every week. Why is your GM owner on the radio talking? (laughs) Let us do that.
3: We know more than he does. Yeah. yeah, all the way,
0: all the way in Tribeca, in New York, and the surrounding areas, we know better about what Jerry Jones should be doing with uh, America's team to laugh at.
3: Keith, you've been a great uh, person to talk to all season. We'll we'll start again next year.
0: Indeed, thanks for the call, Dave. Got to take care. Ay, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, the thing about the Cowboys is it ain't been fun. It ain't, it ain't much fun. What's that viral video? I think the guy that uh, that also went viral back in the day. This is early internet. Your young cats weren't on the internet when uh, that dude was going viral. Uh, when you meet the Georgia Bulldogs, you're gonna feel the bulldog bite. That same dude had a video. They asked him. Uh, they asked him a question about something he was doing in, in the house with his brother. He said, "You, you know what? It wasn't no fun." Rooting for the Dallas Cowboys and watching them in the playoffs, last game of the season every year, wasn't no fun. I knew it was coming. I literally won my playoff bracket this year. It all went chalk. A couple moves that uh, I made, I knew I knew when to drop the Cowboys out of it. I like, I, I made a bracket this year for the NFL playoffs. Twenty-six bucks won me five hundred dollars. I swear to you, I forgot I even entered it. My boy Jay Schme hit me with that 500 this week, and, and that was lovely because I was like, oh, huh. was, you could you could have given that money. You could have given that money to anyone, and I, I would have forgotten about it. But yeah, I knew when the Cowboys. I knew the Cowboys were going to beat the worst team in the playoffs. And yeah, Tom Brady retires, and at least Cowboys fans can celebrate that. Brady goes seven and one against the Dallas Cowboys. and the last game the goat plays in the NFL. He loses to Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott has arguably, like, the best game of his career. (laughs) Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Let's keep on rolling. I'll be right back. Hey, yo, not for nothing. If ESPN can get Mike and the Mad Dog together for a reunion, right, the reason that they're together reuniting is because they were on WFAN. They literally wrote it. On the little uh, ticker on the bottom, like, Mike and the Mad Dog reunion, X amount of years together, New York Radio, WFN. Like, (laughs) why can't they come here? Why can't we set that up here? I don't know. Maybe I'm overstepping. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that I'm not privy to. Don't mind me. Just a young fan on the fan. And uh, hearing, you know, that clip from Francesa years ago and then watching him on First Take Today... Like, they're in New York. I know where... I've been to um, ESPN down here over um, over uh, on the... Uh, I don't know where is it, South Street Seaport? Something over there. I, I've been over there before. Why can't they pull up over here and do one? I think that would be cool. I think that would be something that uh, people would enjoy, right? I don't know. I felt like there wasn't that many people calling for that online. That was one of the first things I thought. Okay, Mike and the Mad Dog reunion... I understand it's the worldwide leader. I understand it's television. I also understand that ESPN can cut any kind of check. But okay, now that they did that, when's the WFAN reunion between two of these guys that helped build WFAN? I don't don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I'll hear about it uh, if it's going to happen. But like I said, I don't know anything. Don't mind me. Just your late night talk show host on the fan, Keith McPherson checking in after uh, not being able to Come through yesterday for five hours. Uh, I enjoy talking sports with you guys. Call me up eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six, and let's keep it rolling. Steve is in Connecticut on the fan. You got it, Steve.
1: How's it going today?
0: Better. Today is good.
1: Good. Um, yeah. So with the Cowboys, I just wanted to say I I like having Jerry with the radio station because a lot of the uh, you know New York fans and New York knock on the uh, owners and GMs are. Something happens in the organization and we don't hear from an owner. We don't hear from a GM. You know,
0: so we yeah.
1: tend to enjoy
0: that. Yeah, it's good and bad though. Sometimes you can yeah. say too much and sometimes you can can count against yourself. You, right. you gotta have a uh, poker face sometimes, you know. Some things gotta be behind the scenes. And I just think Jerry Jones loves the stardom too much. Like it's funny, the star. He wants to be the star at the star. Like put a player on in that spot. Put a coach on in that spot. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's also with the poker face of Ezekiel. I think he knows Zeke's better days are behind him, but you don't want to publicly say that about a player that I mean, I I could see Zeke on the team next year with a restructured contract. I'd be super surprised if Jerry does nothing with his contract and keeps him next year. I think he's just trying to, you know, be a buddy to a teammate, you know, to Zeke and not trying to publicly, you sure.
0: know, I, uh, I did a podcast today with uh, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. It'll be out tomorrow. I've always been a fan of his and uh, Blogging the Boys on SB Nation. And I guess once he got wind of me, he brought me on, and we talked about it. And I'm like, they have to restructure that contract. You got finessed 100%. into that contract because Zeke was holding out a year before you had to pay him. Yeah, the best years from Ezekiel Elliott was his first few years. You're never going to get that back. But you still 100%. have him on under contract for 23 twenty four. 25 and 26. So he didn't even really yeah. get halfway through this contract. Like you're already in a position where you can't be paying this guy what 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 you're paying him. He's not that good anymore. No,
1: he's not. And I think I I think even he realizes that I'd be really surprised if that's not um
0: uh, yeah, his dad came uh, out and said, uh, "No, we're not restructuring anything." And I'm like, "Yeah, pops is a businessman." Pops is like, <laughs> yeah, well, "No, we need I all know. the millions, but it, it, it's gonna it's gonna hurt the team. They clearly have a running back problem now. Tony Pollard yeah, is hurt, and he's a free agent. Ezekiel Elliott yeah. is slow and not the same guy, and he's making 15 million dollars. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a 16 yeah, exactly. million dollar cap hit. Um, he's actually gonna gonna make like closer to 11 million next year.
1: Right." Um, about that list on MLB, I don't get it. I'm a Met fan and I love Jacob Degrom. I mean, and healthy, maybe of course he might be on that top ten list. But I mean, when you make seven, eight, nine starts a year and then blow it, you know, the last week of the season to win the division, I mean, I have a tough time putting yeah. him on the top ten list for right now.
0: You know, I'm not sure what they're basing it on. Like, it was yeah. it? Are we going just off of 2022? are we going off of potential or something like yeah are we going are we going off of what we expect to see in 2023 i've tried to do some more digging i, I actually found some other yeah. things i'm going to speak on in a bit but you know what it yeah, is I look at it too it's mob network you know driving attention to baseball and conversation and debate and you can't yeah. just put the, uh, you, you know, everybody can go to MLB.com and put the ERA stats in, right. in order and say these are the top guys or put strikeouts yeah. or whatever baseball stat you want to use or pitching stat you want to use. But it's it's a good way and to drive why, conversation. Why
1: did, that's probably why they did the two uh, polls to fans and analysts as well. Yeah,
0: because the analysts don't want to hear it on Twitter. My guy Anthony yeah. Recker is hearing it on Twitter. He uh, he got into some nonsense with Alec Manoa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send Connor the clip so I can play it. Um, or maybe yeah. I can play it from here from my phone loud enough. I'll do it once you get off your call, but I just want people yeah. to know, don't get so mad about these lists or power rankings <laughs> or any of this stuff. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's for that. It's literally to get All under right. your like skin or get under, uh, not get on your skin, but like get your attention so that you speak out and you debate it and you have a conversation about it.
1: Yeah. Great show. Thanks. So, thanks very much for
0: taking me. Thanks for the call, Steve. All right. Let me see if I can send, cause this is a two part thing. Um, (laughs) and, uh, I want to try and send the full to Connor right now to play loud for us. And I'll give you some background on it. But basically, man, Anthony Wrecker, who, who's been on my show off base a bunch of times and like shout out to rec former Met. He's a good dude. And like, I've got to, you know, hang out with him, talk to him. And I feel bad that he got dragged into this, but here's a tweet from Alec Manoa that went out. Two hours ago, Alec Manoa is a guy that I was just looking at the list, and I'm like, I don't know if his name should be on there. One, I feel like he hasn't been around long enough. Two, he's got, like, no postseason experience. Three, the boy is a little hefty. I don't know. So that's what the premise is of all of this. Alec Manoa says to Anthony Recker, Hey, Anthony Recker, my job isn't to please you. You are an outsider. You don't know me or my work ethic. What I do in the gym has clearly worked. Check the numbers. Sucks you can't say the same for yourself. Now, Reck... What I love about Wreck, Wreck is is always self-deprecating. Wreck is always honest about who he was, what he did in the league. He ain't trying to act like he was better than he was. He's not trying to pretend, and he doesn't go on air talking down to his fellow Major League Baseball players. He's not active, but it's still a brotherhood, and he has respect for players. So I guess today on MLB Tonight, uh, you know, people Twitter twists everything, man. Let's play um, the audio from Anthony Record. This is the one minute and fourteen uh, seconds. And after you hear it, I'll tell you the uh, like ten seconds that they ran with. Go for it, Connor. What about you, Anthony? I imposed, I self-imposed a 25-year age limit on this just because it started okay. your franchise. And so I really wanted to go young. And it was fun because I found some great names as I was going through it. This, these are guys I did not choose. Shane McClanahan, fantastic, yeah. 25. Yeah. Christian Javier, I just want to see him do it a little bit longer. Sure. Uh, Alec Manoa, I love you, Alec. Just show me you're willing to put in a little more time in the gym and, hey. and that you're going to be there consistently for a little Hit bit the longer. Gym, I fatty. Still love you. Uh, Spencer Strider. Do it for a little bit longer than, than uh, you know, he's pretty much a half a season so far he's been yeah. as a starter. Man, these- I landed on Tristan McKenzie. And this is because I saw him in 21, and you saw this stuff, right? Cool. But he had the walk rate was You can cut it there. Through the roof. Um, so basically, folks, that little bit about Alec Manoa is what people ran with on Twitter and what got Manoa's attention. But it was MLB Network, MLB Tonight, and the question on the segment was for all three panelists which I saw my guy Placata over there, and I forget who else is. Oh, I think it's it's, uh, it's Roflo, and it's Carlos Pena, and it's Anthony Recker. All great guys that I, I've got to meet at MLB Network. All solid individuals, and not taking shots at anyone. But the question was, which starting pitcher under 30 would you pick to start your franchise? So they have to, one, pick these young starting pitchers under the age of 30, and they have to project. Right. If I'm starting my franchise, what would I want from these guys? So when talking about Alec Manoa, maybe he didn't use his words correctly, but he kind of hinted at, hey, if I'm starting my franchise with you, I'd like to see you get in better shape. And he said, you know, hit the gym a little more. And honestly, there was a, a video that went out two days ago of Alec Manoa throwing and bro is chubby. He's a little round. And he was somewhere warm in a beater throwing, and you could see the rolls. You could see the fat on oh, my guy. And, hey, CeCe Sabathia told you mass equals gas. CeCe Sabathia, we told CeCe, eat a couple extra cheeseburgers, bro. We didn't like the version of CeCe we saw when he slimmed down. We we needed the weight. So I think that just got blown out of proportion. Anthony Wreckers a good dude, and I'll read what Anthony Wrecker said. Back to Alec Manola. Before we go to break, he was not looking for the smoke. And I like kind of want to text wreck and be like, hey, bro, like, yo, don't back down to uh, Alec Manoa. He's never coming in his stu- in studio. And if he does, that'd be great. But like, don't don't back down publicly on Twitter. I would have sauced him up a little more. So he says, don't let someone throw a video out of context at you and get you upset. You're an incredible talent, man. And I'd love to see you make The most of that. I hope to see you continue to get better and be great for a long time. I wish I had even a tiny speck of the talent you do. This was never meant to be shade. Obviously, someone wanted to make it seem that way. Yeah, that's all people do on Twitter is hate and throw shade and try and clip little clips in a minute long that he was talking plus about the pitchers that he would choose under 30 to start his imaginary franchise with and what he would like to see out of them as GM or owner, someone took the nine seconds where he said, Alec Manoa, I love you. Alec Manoa didn't hear the I love you part. And he said, but I'd like to see you just in the gym a little bit more committed to being in better shape, whatever. doesn't matter. What matters is it's February and we're talking baseball and now I got a break. And when we come back, it's February 2nd, Groundhog's Day. And we're rolling right along as we get closer to pitchers and catchers. Keith McPherson on the fan. Stay with me. You got me till 2 a.m. I'll see you on the other side.